skincare is not one size fits all. At Image, we rely on skincare professionals and clinically proven ingredients to create solutions that adapt to your lifestyle. But don't take it from us. Just ask the 30,000 plus professionals in over 60 countries across the globe who trust Image Skincare to deliver when it comes to results. And while we got our start with skincare pros, we think it's about time you got to know us better too. Tune into SkinFluence to hear straight from industry professionals on how to keep your skin healthy, radiant, and resilient through every stage of your vibrant life. Hello, and welcome back, skincare aficionados, to SkinFluenced, where we chat about all things skin. My name is Ashley Kurt, and I am excited to welcome back my co-host, Jacqueline Hill. Hey, Jacqueline. Hey. I'm so excited to be back. I missed you guys last week. I know. We missed you, and happy belated birthday. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, today's topic is super fun. I think we've been waiting for this for a while. We have a topic all about skin myths. So we accepted questions that you submitted, and we are going to get you the answers today. We've got some great guests with us today, and we are getting to the bottom of your most pressing skincare questions and common misconceptions. So to start with us today is Leah Lee. She is a licensed esthetician, business owner, and influencer. She specializes in color correction and acne skin, and her love for skincare started through her love of creating and filming content on YouTube. Welcome, Leah. Thank you. Yes, that is true. That is where my love for skincare started, I must admit. I love that. And I think that's really exciting because we kind of see that's a big thing right now is people on TikTok and they might be saying things we don't want them to say. Uh, But that's really been a big focus is seeing skincare on all these great platforms. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started? So, excuse me, I I have to agree. There's a lot of different skin trends going on right now that (laughs) is making us scratch our our heads for sure. (laughs) But I started with YouTube. So I receive a lot of different brand products um, from companies, and I would always try them on my skin. I would be like, oh, okay, this is great. Maybe this is working. Maybe this isn't working for me. And I never really knew too much about product knowledge, and definitely I didn't know anything about ingredient knowledge. Right. So, um with that, a lot of people would always ask me my uh, recommendation for products for their skin to help them out w- with their with their issues. I had no idea where to help them, you know, no, <laughs> yeah. nowhere where to start. So I was like, what's my best option here to be able to further my um, career on social media and actually be helping people and right. not just guessing um, and also helping myself? So I decided to go to school and become an esthetician. I love that. And I love that you took something that you were naturally good at speaking and talking about things and then actually taking it a next step and getting your license and now actually being able to help. I'm sure you cringe when you hear some of these people on there that we know are not estheticians. I freak out. I always make like a PSA on Instagram. I'm like, just so you know, that is not appropriate. That is, you know what? And I even have to cringe at some of my old videos. I'm like, maybe I should take this thing home because I had no clue what I was talking about. No, they get to see your evolution. I love that. I love that you thought enough about it to say, I want to educate myself more. Yes, definitely. Kudos to you on that. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I have Chelsea here as well. So Chelsea is also a licensed esthetician and a certified medical electrologist and also a certified laser technician. So a lot of letters behind Miss Chelsea's <laughs> name. But what I also realized reading your bio is that you and I got started kind of the same way. I also 
struggled, I don't use past tense, struggle with acne. And from that acne, because of all my lovely melanin, I get a lot of hyperpigmentation as well. And I think I tried everything um, from doctors to self-diagnosing, just kind of everything to try to heal my own skin. And once I became a skincare therapist and learned about the skin, it helped me. So it looks like you went on that journey a little bit too. So tell us about your journey in skincare. Yeah, yeah, that is everything that I went through. Um, And I think there's a lot of estheticians that went that route as well. Like they have been trying to troubleshoot and figure out their skin and really understand what is going on and the actually understand like the histology of skin right um and I just kept stripping my skin drying my skin out taking antibiotics um I was dealing with cystic acne from literally my from my face my neck my back like I still break out in back knee. It's so annoying. So, but (laughs) now I know how to fix it. Yeah. And, um, like it's, it's crazy because one little thing could set you back and then I just wanted to improve it. And in learning how to improve my skin, I wanted to help others. Um, I'm very helpful. Like I was always that girl that was like, Okay, let me help you fix your brows. <laughs> You're the best friend don't, type. Don't, don't look at my brows right now. <laughs> I always was just like, oh, well, maybe you should try. I, I didn't realize I was into skin until now. Like right. when I was a little girl, I used to like poke at my mom's face and take her blackheads okay. out. And like I was super into botched. And I think we were all like that. Yeah. If you're an esthetician, you were obsessed with skin, whether you had acne or not. I had one zit and decided I had full-blown acne and I was right. freaking out and what do I do? And, you know, makeup artistry is kind of how I started too. So I think we're all like that. Right. Esthetician Natural is like... born skin junkie. Totally. Totally. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so for all my natural born skin junkies here, we have a lot of questions uh, that came in from our listeners, and so I just want us all to dive in and give our input. So, so funny, we're going to start off with acne. Perfect. All right, so everybody here is an acne enthusiast, so the very first questions, and I'm going to kind of throw a few things out, but we got a lot of questions on fixing the acne, right? So what are the best things to fix? So some of the things that people ask were, can you put toothpaste Uh, on a blemish? Can you put alcohol on a blemish? If I put hot water on it, will it make it go away? So let's start with toothpaste. Anybody have a, I have definitely, I have done this. Has so anybody else done this? I have. I've I've, I've oh, walked around with a minty fresh face. Yes, looking <laughs> crazy as ever, and yes. still had pimples. So where where did this come from, guys? With the toothpaste, I'm gonna say well, it's probably before social media, really, right? It definitely so was. I, I think it's definitely like that mental feeling. Yes. Yes. Um, because and it has alcohol in it, right? So it's drying. Yes. And you think acne, dry it out, right? Right, right. I mean, I see why we did this. No, definitely. But now that we know ingredients, we're like, what are you doing? Right. Right? And how bad is that? Because it's restripping the skin. It's making it worse. It's a quick fix. And I think with acne, um, 
that's what you're looking for. You just you'll do anything, yeah, right? right? To have it gone immediately. Yeah, you want absolutely. It. You want that quick fix. Um, toothpaste used to also have like triclosan in it, mm-hmm. which is nice and antibacterial, but also not very good to ingest and die. So new toothpaste guys doesn't even have that in it anymore. No. So uh, keep it on your toothbrush. It's not <laughs> going to do a whole lot for any kind of blemishes. What about alcohol? Do you guys have clients that come in that use alcohol on their skin to deal with their acne? I don't know. Have you had, Leah, have you had someone come in yet to say that they've cleansed their skin with just alcohol? I actually have not. Thank goodness. (laughs) And I'm I'm really thinking, I'm like, wow, has anyone ever expressed that to me? And I haven't, but... I mean, I have, for sure. Um, (laughs) Sure. And they'll say, well, isn't it just like a toner? Or, you know, but it dries out my skin. And then they go and lay in a tanning bed. And that's like a whole nother level of scariness. Well, I think I'm the grandma in the group. So definitely, um, when I was a teenager, we had this stuff called 1006 lotion, which was basically alcohol. Oh, yeah. So this is the thing that they used to sell before people knew about ingredients. And so, it like, if that's what's in there... Or, you know, that's what your mother used to use old school. So I feel like some of the stuff gets, like, passed down. Like, oh, my mom used that. And right. it was fine. So oh, we're blaming friend. our moms. For everything. everything. That's what my therapist says. Liz <laughs> is the, the best thing. And then what about hot water? I thought that one was weird. Yeah. Like, if I put hot water on my acne, it'll go away. You maybe they're, maybe they think, like, it'll open it so that they can pop that area which they shouldn't be doing at home this you know and this is actually really common i feel like really okay with um just even cleansing the face right i do have a lot of clients that come in and express that like oh i just do the hot rag and Mm -hmm. hot water and the rag and that's it and i'm like so you know you're not doing anything right (laughs) (laughs) but you're like you're, you're causing a lot more damage than actually cleaning and I think that's an old school yeah, right. uh, mindset once again. Even with the, from the toothpaste, my dad taught me about the whole toothpaste. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, but even so with the water as well. Right. Yeah. So I think those are definitely, I think, part of our job as therapists is definitely to just give that education. Right. Um, one of the things that's so great about skincare is how it's always moving and evolving. Mm-hmm. So even though maybe toothpaste used to work with your dad, toothpaste <laughs> is not the same. Like, it's not no. the same toothpaste that our parents had. So um, this one's going to be really good for you, I feel like, Chelsea, because this one is about diet. Yeah. Uh, so we got... Does chocolate, just kill me now, and meat, my two favorite things, and all they have to do is add like a martini. Does chocolate and meat (laughs) give you pimples? So diet, does what you eat, is that going to affect if you have acne or not? It can, for sure. It definitely Um, can. But it all boils down to like your gut health Mm -hmm. and like what, how much sugar intake are you putting into your body are you disrupting your the natural flora in your gut and are you just overloading yourself with things that actually bring your cortisol levels up Mm -hmm. or your um if are you taking your your water intake at all so things like that are very important um 
So the chocolate, like the pure form of chocolate. Right, the dark chocolate. The dark right? chocolate is it's the best a little kind. bit is good for you. Right. It's not bad. Moderation, right? Yeah. Everything in moderation. Yeah, but milk chocolate, probably yeah. not the best. Yeah. That it, dairy, it, sometimes you want to limit because it can, again, disrupt your barrier, your barrier, <laughs> your, <laughs> your gut health and also kind of cause inflammation within the body. So. Right, and I think that that's a huge topic and I think more people are a little bit more savvy now with right. gut health um, but when I started out as an esthetician I worked in the plastic surgery field and so acne wasn't something that was really popular but we did get it and right. nine times out of ten it was something with their diet uh, I'm not saying that that's everyone because obviously we know everybody has a different reason for acne but you really should take a look at your intake of what's going on inside of your body. Are you using a probiotic or a prebiotic? Are you, like you said, drinking water? Are you just eating sugar all day long? Are you only eating processed meat and you're not having any greens? It's that whole balance, right? We have it's to balance our gut. About the balance. And whatever's happening inside, you're going to see it outside because that's how our body's going to purge it. So um, that's, a, that's definitely a great question. And I think the consensus is that Moderation. Moderation. And I think it's going to be different for everybody and, you know, for people to pay attention. I used to have my clients keep a food journal mm -hmm. because for yeah. some people it is the chocolate. For other people it's not. For some people it's dairy. For other people it's not. For some people it's seafood. So you might have different triggers. So Right. Right. Some, And then you might, well, it might not be anything when I eat. Maybe it's hormonal. Like every time I'm having a cycle, that's when. So just keep a journal of this is when I'm having the worst breakouts and see if it's related to, okay, I ate this or I was stressed about this or I was having a cycle um, during that time. So process of elimination. Process right? of elimination. And that's with even... Uh, ingredients. Right. If you're yeah. using a you know a full blown new line of skincare and something's making your skin irritated, but you don't know exactly what it is, well, you can't just call the therapist or the company and say, well, which exact ingredient is making me this happens to oh us a lot God. here in right. Image. Yeah. Well, what <laughs> is you it? Guys, oh, get it? Man. Yes. Well, which one is it? And we're like, okay, so let's start talking this through. Like, why don't you start using you know take this away just use this and then we'll move on to the next thing and when right. when that irritation comes in we know what it is right. so it's just all about you know kind of taking a step back and like writing everything out and figuring out what exactly that is for your body I love that Very you went true. to ingredients because our next one was do strong active <laughs> fix acne so how am I going to fix it, guys? Does it, does the product have to be the strongest product in the world to fix it? I that's still I think what people think about acne. Like you got to pull out the big guns, otherwise you're not going to get any results. And, how and where did that, that start? Like I felt that way at 12 years old. So, and I think there are product lines that kind of took that marketing and went with it, right? And then there, but the problem with that is that yes, those ingredients are going to help. But then when your body gets regulated then you're hitting them with those strong ingredients and we're going through the process again. So there's got to be another way. Can't just be strong all the time. And it's all about keeping a balance. So I always explain yes. to my clients, if you're going to add an active, you got to add a hydrator. Right. Oh, I love that. that philosophy. You have That's to great. add like some water-loving products right? and also kind of buffer the aggressiveness of right. any active ingredients. Kind of start off slow as well. 
add it into your regimen maybe two to three times a week. Because our first thing to do is like, when we have a pimple, we want to nuke it. Mm-hmm. We want to like, oh. yeah, the big gun. <laughs> so <laughs> accurate. Yeah. yeah. Like, and and you know when you come into when the client comes into your bed, you're you see how dehydrated they are, right? Because they've nuked it, right? Yeah. And it's stripping the it's skin. Stripped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know it hurts because I've been there. Like I've. I know that their skin is in pain. Right. And it's frustrating. It's something that you don't have control over. And it it can be embarrassing for some people, especially, you know, if you've got full-blown cystic acne that hurts and you're, you know, you're putting on makeup and makeup and makeup to try to cover it. And with our society these days with social media, now we have filters. So that definitely helps. I love it. (laughs) But you want to feel beautiful without it, right? You want, everybody wants to have good skin. I don't think there's one person on this planet that can say, I don't want to have good skin. Yeah. So it's just about that balance. Just like you said. Those filters trip me out though. It's not necessarily about my skin anymore. Now it's like, damn, do I need threads or like oh yeah, I know like yeah I, like, I, I, I just need a filter that can yeah. walk around with me I just right. that's all I need you gotta so some I need people take it so I need right like, Kybella or something like <laughs> some people take it to a whole nother level I'm like mm, you do know that we know what you look like in person so <laughs> you gotta bring it bring it back a little bit it's getting a little insane but yeah. um definitely a great way to look like you have perfect skin it's a great way to, and I. you just have to remember that there's, I tell everybody, there's no fix for acne. Like, if you look mm-hmm. at me and I don't have a blemish right now, I still have acne. So it's it's about treating it and then maintaining. So those are the good things. All right, so final thing on acne and oily skin, and this is moving into the pores. Um, so questions that people have about pores, most of them really surround your pores opening and closing, which is kind of almost, I always tell people pores are not windows or doors. <laughs> so I, I always get the opening and closing questions. So will using hot water or steam open them up and then can I close them up by splashing on cold water? So are you guys hearing this? What do you yeah, think? All the time. It's always, all the time. right? How do I shrink my pores? Can you give me a product that shrinks my pores? I'm like, well. New parents. Yeah. You were, you were born with those, and that's not possible. But I do think that people hear, again, marketing, right? Yeah. So I think that a lot of the culprit of a lot of these questions are marketing. They hear, oh, this is going to shrink your pores. But in actuality, that's not possible. So um, I've definitely heard that. A million times, probably once a week at least. At least. So what are you telling people about their pores if they want to open them up with hot, hot water and close them down by using the cold water splash? You see that on Instagram a lot. Mm-hmm. TikTok. Well, I just explain to them, you know, it just doesn't happen. I explain to them that their pores are genetic for the most part. Yes. So you got to thank your mom and dad for those. Like mine are very wide. Um, and then I just explained to them that they're, it's normal to have pores. Mm-hmm. Again, I think social yes. media has... Too many filters. Right. Yeah, kind of made it... Even makeup has that marketing right. aspect to it when they talk about smoothing pores and texture. It's okay to have pores and texture, but um, I just let them know, you know, you just have to... The, the water... Sorry, I'm rambling. The water, no, it's good. With it being hot and cold, it really is about the warmth and that steam just 
kind of easing that sebum right and that oil so that you can and the skin also gets pliable right, right. so it, it's also good for us when we're in the treatment room and extracting right but there's no changing that um your pore size but you can manage it through exfoliation and using things like salicylic acid but keeping for the most clean. part yeah right. keeping right. it clean yes. right and that's that's kind of what you want to teach people i always tell them a closed pore is clogged so right. <laughs> if oh, it's good. yeah if yeah. it's closed up that means <laughs> it's clogged so we want it to be open so that the sebum can flow out of it naturally and um they have elasticity so they they will yes. move a little bit but that's you kind of get what you get. Right. And I try to explain that to all of my clients that come in with that concern. You know, they're like, oh, my goodness, my pores are so big. I can see them when I'm looking in the mirror. And I'm like, yeah, I can see mine, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? That's normal. Exactly. And you can see J-Lo's, too, without yeah. Photoshop. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I like to keep in the mindset, too, like when we were just, you were just expressing about with the steam, like the steam is going to soften the skin. This right. is all like, you know, prep and um, process with the um, the facials. And I'm like, your, pore, your pores don't open and close. They can like dilate and contract, but yes. that's about as much as we're going to get with that's this it. skin, you know, like yeah. for the most part. And people are like, oh, okay. You know, they understand a lot, a lot clearer, a lot better right. after even talking through the service with them. Yeah. All right. So those were my top questions that I got at the um, from our listeners. Ashley, what'd you get? All right. So moving into SPF, Ooh. this is all about sunscreens and moisturizers and protecting ourselves or not protecting ourselves. And I think a good one to start with would be um, that dark skin doesn't burn or get wrinkles or you don't need SPF for darker skin. How often do you hear that? Because I hear that all the time. Oh, my goodness. Your faces are saying it all. If you could see their faces, you would. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, this is very common. Yes, this is super, super common. And I think this is, like, one of those, like, myths back, like, to, what, toothpaste and the hot water. Mm -hmm. It's, like, something that is sort of generational, honestly. Absolutely. Brown skin, like growing up, I'm not going to lie, y'all. I did not wear sunscreen. I never heard of sunscreen until I became an esthetician. There's no sunscreen at my house. But there was, yeah, no one was ever like an advocate for wearing it. And I spent many summers running outside in the heat and under the hot sun and never, ever had anyone Mm -hmm. like, oh, let's put some sunscreen on. So now I'm so happy that more people are being educated um, on wearing sunscreen, especially people of color, mm-hmm. brown skin, um, everyone yes. really. Um, so I'm happy, so happy, including myself, because even when I had moved to South Florida, I was not wearing sunscreen, y'all. I was not <laughs> need that. I don't need that. I was still wearing, like, oh my goodness, going to the beach. I love getting like a nice bronze tan. Right. We all do. Oh my goodness, y'all. I will take some shea butter to the beach and just be out there baking for real. My soul is like, what? I'm I'm better. I'm better, you guys. I'm better. I don't do that anymore. If I do, I'll make sure my head is under the umbrella and everything else. I'll have like a little SPF, but still, like. You know what's interesting about that is that even me growing up, so I'm a Fitzpatrick too, which for listeners that aren't, familiar with that. I'm very light. (laughs) And my mom tans very easy, but I don't. My father also tans very easy, but I would burn. She didn't wear sunscreen. 
but somehow it made it into the beach bag, but it was literally for me. And that's if she could get me to sit still long enough to get it on my skin. So I really think that this has become such a bigger topic in the last, I would say 10 years, because growing up too, we didn't, we didn't talk about that. You just didn't want to get a sunburn because you didn't want to peel and it looks gross and it hurts. It wasn't because of skin cancer or aging, et cetera. So I think that that is, it's generational. It's also dependent upon, you know, Fitzpatrick, but also just information. We right. just didn't have the information or the studies and, and all of that that we do now. I think there's also a shift with um, product companies and formulators yes. because honestly, until very recently, sunscreen was not formulated for our skin. Right. Oh and so goodness. a lot of yes. times, even if darker skin wanted to wear sunscreen or thought, oh, maybe I should be protecting from the sun, like you look like a ghost mm-hmm. when you went out of the house. So there was really nothing that you could use on your skin that was effective. Um, that was designed for you to be aesthetically pleasing. So I think that also just took sunscreen out of a lot of darker skins, just routine and vocabulary. And so now, I think now that you look at it, you're like, not only can I offer you this to protect your skin, but I can offer you something that you actually want to put on your skin and you would wear outside. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of things that are shifting uh, for the better we're, we're getting more educated, and products are being developed to absolutely work for everybody. And I right. think that's super important. It is care. important because there is that – no one wants to look crazy. I mean, I can remember when – I forget the name of it, but Bullfrog or something. Bullfrog, that yeah. The one that was, like, White. colored. But oh. it was also – they had it in, like, hot pink, so it was kind of cool, but not. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, it, so we have come a long that. way. <laughs> We're a little older than you. I'm I've not going to say my age on I've here. I've never but, heard of that. Yeah. Well, the, the well because it was – Yeah, because remember when zinc used to just be white and you would see uh, with, yes. like, the lifeguard would have, like, white yes. on his nose. Uh, so, just the nose. Though. Yeah. Right. Nowhere yeah. else. Just, just the, the nose. nose. Just, so then you want it to be cool. You could have, like, a hot pink nose yes. or a blue or purple nose. I don't know who decided it was cool, but it was great marketing. It was. And, and people did it because I saw it. I was not one of those folks. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Can I just add? So there was a time where I had a friend, and he was looking. It was during the summer, and I was about 21. And he looked at my nose. He's like, oh, you have a lot of blackheads. And me being very sensitive about my acne at the right. time, I'm like, what are you talking about? So... <laughs> He's like, you have blackheads all over. So I went to the dermatologist. This dermatologist, I was seeking a dermatologist of ethnic descent that um, really specialized in brown and black skin. Right. And she was, um, and she was actually Indian. And she pointed to my nose and realized, no, those are not blackheads. Those are freckles. Right. From oh. the sun. Oh, my God. And I never experienced freckles before. And she's... Like, those are years of sun exposure. Right. So now they're actually appearing on your skin. So I was, I was like, oh, I freckles. Yeah, and something we don't even think about on darker skin, but it can right. have all the same effects. That's and, a great one because people will say, oh, I've had, those are my freckles. I've had them my whole life. Or in their actually sunspots or age spots. But those are freckles. I love my freckles. I don't want to get those removed. That's my favorite one. Like a full face of pigmentation and damage. And I'm about to tell them they need a full laser or a treatment for that. And they're like, but I love my freckles. I'm like, ma'am, that's not – those 
Yeah. Okay. That's and, sun damage. And now I can spot it right away. Right. And one thing coming up. Yeah. One thing she did mention was she mentioned my um, ethnicity. Right. So I'm Puerto Rican descent. Right. I'm Afro Latin, but somewhere down the line, and my grandfather, he's blonde hair, blue eyes, Spaniard descent. Right. So she basically was saying, thank him. You know, you're the, he's the reason why you ended up with freckles. Because I thought I was immune to it. Like, and so, yeah. Thanks, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> but that just proves to show that, um, you know, ethnicities and especially how the world is shifting travel and yeah. people are becoming a lot more um, of yeah. mixed race. And Absolutely. so, and even so, um, people in America, black Americans, there somewhere down the line there could be that ethnic um, how do i put, put it? yeah it's just yeah. like a diversity yeah, i have i have diversity. the same thing my great right. my grandfather is irish and so a lot of yeah. times when i have like a chemical peel people are like oh my gosh you get so red i do I, mm-hmm. and i sunburn like crazy i also tan really well but i will get a burn and I have pretty brown skin, so mm-hmm. you wouldn't think that with this much brown on my skin, I would get really red or sunburn, but I do sunburn really easily. We actually teach that. So yeah. I know, Jacqueline, you know, you and I, we teach about not judging a book by its cover, right? Mm-hmm. Because just become because someone presents to you to look a certain way, they might, especially when it comes to the sun or a chemical peel, um, they may not be what you think. So, for instance, me, I come in with my spray tan. I have brown hair to your eye, but I'm actually a Fitzpatrick too, blonde hair. I have light eyes. So people would think, oh, you know, you are you have a this descent or whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm German, you know, but I dye my hair. So, you know, we have to think about things like that. And, and that does, you know, that makes a huge um, huge play in, yeah. yeah, and difference in that. All right, so... Let's talk about we don't need to wear sunscreen in the winter. Do you hear that? Because we live in Florida, so I feel like you might not hear that as much, but I definitely have heard that. Um, and it kind of goes along with I don't need to wear sunscreen inside or because, you know. In, or when it's cloudy. Or when it's cloudy. How about that one? Do you hear that? Oh, yes. Often? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I hear that more so with people online because mm-hmm. okay. the area that we do live in right um but people are like yeah um it's cold outside i'm originally from north carolina so it does get much colder you know there than it does here right and i'm still like no the sun's still out you <laughs> the guys. sun's still out like, the sun comes out when it's active. cold <laughs> exactly yeah. so i'm like the temperature outside has nothing to do with how the sun is penetrating our skin absolutely so, yes i hear that you guys sadly y'all <laughs> Y'all got to stop saying that, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And that's funny because you, I forget that you do a lot of your presence online. So you have people tuning in from all over. everywhere, from everywhere. Right. So it's interesting that people still think that. Well, and some of the worst clients, some of my, because I'm from Wisconsin and Minnesota, Mm -hmm. so talk about cold. um, But some of the people I've seen with the worst sunburns were out skiing. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my So they're in the snow with that white snow. They're up in the mountain right like in the sun's neighborhood, right? Like right up there close to the sun. And it's winter, of course. It's freezing outside. But those are some of the worst sunburns I've ever seen are from skiers. Right. And then actually we have a question about that, about um, 
being underwater does it protect you? <laughs> and just like the snow, surfaces reflect light, right? So right. water. So if you're boating, you should be wearing. Obviously, that or, to us that's a no brainer. But people really think if you're swimming underneath that you're being protected, and no, it penetrates. So you got to go all the way, way deep to yeah. Get you'd have to be the, the depths come right. where those weird, creepy creatures are. That's right. the only way you're not getting sun. So yes, exactly. please put on your SPF and make sure that you reapply. I think that's the. The biggest thing as well. Yeah. Right. All right. So let's move a little bit off of SPF into cleansing and exfoliation. Uh, Washing your face every day is bad. Have you ever heard that? I have actually, well, I've heard I don't wash my face. I've heard that a lot. Which I almost fell out of my chair. (laughs) Um, And I've heard people wash their face with very strange things such as laundry detergent, very yes, I know you're looking uh-huh. at me like I'm crazy. I haven't I heard, heard the laundry detergent. I will fall off my chair. I had to ask her twice to. I'm like, I just want to make sure that I'm hearing you correctly. It wasn't the person telling me; it was her client. Okay. Um, and this was in a show. It was at the trade show coming up uh, in Vegas, and I was just like in the middle of a class, and I was, I had no words. I, I, I'm like, ma'am, we we really got to talk to that client because that's dangerous. Also, it's not meant for your face, um, but. Washing your face every day, is that bad? I definitely hear I don't need to wash my face in the morning. Like if I washed it at night and then I went to sleep and then I didn't do anything, I was just asleep and I didn't have any makeup on, so why do I have to wash it in the morning? So I get that a lot, um, that I don't have to wash my face in in the morning. And then I definitely have gotten, I don't wash my face. I get a lot of, I shampoo my hair and let Ugh. the shampoo run down no. over it. And so now I, it's clean. I'm like, but the shampoo is dirty because your yeah. hair is dirty. Right. <laughs> so, and it's not the right ingredients for your skin. So, so <laughs> it's for your hair. But I do get that. And I, I kind of get it because we did take off everything. But at night when your body is repairing and making new cells and, Doing all the things that do. Plus, you're sleeping on that same pillowcase that mm-hmm. you've been sleeping on for four nights. And maybe your hair has been on that pillowcase, too. And if you're, you're sweating your with me, your Yorkie is also on that pillowcase. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right by my head. Every time I turn around, there she is, like right in my face. So there's a lot of things that are happening in your room at night that you do want to get up. And it doesn't, maybe you need two cleansers. And I think that might be the conversation. Like you might not need a foamy bubbly cleanser in the morning time, but maybe you can do a conditioning, hydrating, um, creamier cleanser in the morning. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a big two, two time a day. Mm -hmm. Wash your face, girl. And then double cleansing. Is that more effective? Um, it's a trend for sure right now. Oh right goodness. now. It's very huge. popular. It's huge. Which it's not a bad thing. I love double cleansing. I'm a too. double cleansing girl. Some estheticians, I've seen them, like, sway away from it. Right. right. Like, no, it's unnecessary. It can actually cause more acne than... Mm-hmm. So, right. I'm not sure, but I'm honestly on the double cleansing wave. I think it depends on what you're cleansing with. Exactly. It, it, it all boils down to what are you using. If you're double cleansing with... Um, something from your pharmacy that's like $4 and it has straight alcohol, probably not the best, (laughs) right? But if you're using um, a brand line that has, you know, great sourced ingredients and they're balancing for your skin and 
you've talked to your esthetician about it, I think that it can be a very beautiful thing and it definitely feels great. Yeah, and I think, like, the the purpose of the double cleanse, right? So I maybe don't want to cleanse twice with salicylic acid. Right. Or one time with salicylic But one time, especially, like, because I'm such a huge advocate of sunscreen and a lot of it is water resistant. Mm -hmm. So my first time is to use something that is creamy, that's maybe, you know, a little bit lipid-based to get all that water-resistant makeup or Mm -hmm. sunscreen off. And now I have a nice palette to introduce whatever other functional actives I, if I need salicylic or stem cells or whatever on my skin. But I think that's what it depends on. That's yeah, I'm getting some nods over there. I was, yeah, I was like, yeah. she wants to yeah. say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the same page, especially today because I did throw on a little bit of makeup. So mm-hmm. it's like tonight it's going to be like on and popping. Right. <laughs> routine. So yeah, one. I don't feel like one cleanse gets it all off. Like my makeup plus mm-hmm. my sunscreen plus you know my day. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all of that is layered on. On there so I like but in the morning I have to be honest I don't always double cleanse in the morning right but I definitely double cleanse at night I think the purpose of double cleansing is like what you're saying it's to remove you know makeup and you know sunscreen etc and then you're cleansing to get um, once you've removed that barrier that you just mm-hmm. put on your you know some people wear a lot of makeup right. um, and it depends on what you're wearing once you've removed that then you're getting to the actual skin Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily, unless you're sleeping in a full face of makeup, you need to call me. I will help you. That's, that, that should be another question. <laughs> Do not sleep in your makeup. Um, but if you are doing that, then I could see why you would double cleanse in the morning. That's but, right. yeah. It's kind of knowing when to do things, et cetera. So let's move to exfoliation. Is hard exfoliation good for your skin? And this could go along with it. Does exfoliation (laughs) leave micro tears in the skin? Over exfoliating, for sure. Um, I personally, it depends on the skin type. Right. Yes. For an actual physical exfoliant. Right. I like to... I like to get into the chemical exfoliants, to be honest. But every once in a while, it's nice to get a nice gentle bead-like that also dissolves or something that is very soft and um, has like an enzymatic blend with the beads. I like those type of physical exfoliants. You're speaking my language. Yeah. I can think of many things right now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My, my, so because I have acne, I think the real game changer for my skin was when I start doing chemical peels. Mm-hmm. And that's and the next question. So this is a good. My, so it changed my skin. Right. And so then I became an exfoliation addict. Mm. Right. Because usually what we see with our clients, if we give them something and it's a little good, then right. they want more of that and more of that and more of that. And they can get too much of that. Right. So I did have to teach myself, like, you don't need to exfoliate three times a day. Because then I went from my acne getting really good to, why is it all of a sudden getting worse? Why am I so Overstripping. Why am I so irritated? So, again, always just kind of thinking it back to the purpose. Right. Off, off those skin cells, keep it going. But you still need a little barrier on your skin. You don't want to just have your out there exposed skin going crazy. I love to use this uh, story. I went to get my hair done one day. I've been going to the same place forever. I know exactly what they use. I always go with dirty hair. Always. I'm always apologizing, like embarrassed. Sorry, I've had like, I've done four Peloton classes with this hair. I always take a shower, but I don't always wash my hair. I have very dry hair. This one day we were meeting with uh, the CEO of my company and 
So I had to wash my hair. Couldn't show up looking <laughs> crazy, right? So I go with almost damp hair. Like I just kind of put in a sl- slick back bun. And my she was putting the color on. And I, I thought I was going to pass out. That's how bad it burned. And I realized, she's like, I don't, I'm not using anything different. And I'm thinking, what is going on? You know, you also can be more sensitive around your menstrual cycle. But I wasn't doing that. So I'm like, I have no idea. And then it dawned on me. I washed my hair and I gave myself a really good scrub on my scalp right. and I stripped that oil air that mm-hmm. protects my skin from the dye. Yeah. I had never done that before. And it was like, it was a major lesson for me. Um, and I think that really goes hand in hand with your your face or your body. Not all exfoliators are created equal, first of all. And second, if you overdo a good thing, it's going to be a bad thing, right? So just making sure that you are doing it appropriately and using ingredients that you don't have to be aggressive to be good, mm-hmm. right? It's just like an enzyme, like you were saying, enzymes. Same for chemical peels. You can have a chemical peel that's an enzyme treatment that is giving you that exfoliation. You're not peeling and shedding like a snake per se. A lot of people believe you have to peel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're still, everybody's like, <laughs> oh, girl. Like, oh. <laughs> but you're still getting exfoliation in a gentle way. And then it's also helping your skin to kind of prep for more strong treatments, et cetera. Love that. Yeah, me too. All right, Jacqueline, why don't you jump into ingredients? Oh, because ingredients are my favorite I know. thing. Because I'm a little bit of an ingredient junkie. So we definitely got a lot of questions about what ingredients can be used with other ingredients. I think, again, on the internet, there's a lot of misinformation about if you use this, you can't use this. If you can use this, you can use this. So a, a lot of people asked about using retinol and vitamin C. Like, can you use them together at the same time, layer them? Is it one or the other? What advice do you guys give your clients? I feel like um, with, I'm going to go, I'm going to talk first about my skin. Okay. And then what I typically recommend for my clients. Perfect. So, with myself, listen, y'all, I will try everything on myself. <laughs> like, I will and be... she does it online, so yes. you can watch her. <laughs> yes, and um, if it works for me, perfect. But I still keep that in mind. Like, this is my skin, and right. my skin is very trained to mm-hmm. work, you know, to react in a certain way with, you know, certain ingredients. Um, and that's definitely not going to be the case with my clients. So I keep that in mind. Um, so with retinols I listen I don't really recommend them to like up front to my clients in the beginning okay. because a lot of them are coming to me with like zero routine right so I'm like I'm definitely not going to recommend this right now <laughs> until I know that you're going to be like right they have to graduate up to it. right oh, exactly like no you can't handle this yet we're not about to do that <laughs> this is a relationship okay. Okay. So we're going to start slow <laughs> so um the vitamin c I'll go with vitamin C all day long. If they do want to, you know, have some type of um, more advanced um, pigmentation um, results, then I'll be like, okay, well, we can try to dabble in this a little bit, and we can see how your skin reacts to it. And honestly, I'll be like, okay, let's scoot the vitamin C to the side, depending on what product it is. Right. That's huge. That makes a huge difference. Definitely does. Yeah. So just depending on what is what, what step is what. Like if it's a cleanser, perfect. We can still use it. You know what I'm saying? But if it's a serum, I'm like, okay, let's 
you know, take this slow. We're going to use this right now. Then let's stop right. using this and then try something else. You know, try to add That's it really smart, like a leave-in on versus a rinse-off product right. with exactly. your active ingredients. It's, it's like a whole different, like, yeah, you can dabble in this all day because mm -hmm. you're about to rinse it off in 30 mm -hmm. seconds. Exactly. But something that's going to stay on your skin long term, then we might have to be a little bit more progressive. Right. With the skin. And Definitely. going slow is good because you're slowly introducing your skin. So that alleviates having irritation, et cetera. Um, if you're just going to go like the four of us in this room probably will be like, I'm just going to put that on my skin right now. We're estheticians. We do this a lot and our skin is trained and that has something to do with it too. If it's a first time client, you want to go slow, right? Yeah, definitely. For sure. Definitely. Like I'm, I've slapped a Jesner peel on myself right and I'm like what did I do right. yeah even that's great but, because even estheticians sometimes we mess up we're we like do. oh don't do that yes. but I, I also <laughs> needed to feel the spice to right. see like okay how spicy can this get like right. and um I I like I do with my clients I build them up I built my skin up to do that as well. Exactly. And, you know, you want to kind of prep them with the vitamin C right. before you start adding more active ingredients because they're not used to an acid right. on their skin. Right. And so you have to slowly introduce. Um, and also certain irritations mm -hmm. can cause inflammation, which yes. causes hyperpigmentation, which we're trying to fix. Which so, we're trying to fix, and it can yeah, just be a cycle. Exactly. And so we just got to be a little more cautious. And it's frustrating. Being acne specialists, I'm sure you can, like, relate that they want us to... Fix it. Fix it within, right now. like, the next month. Mm -hmm. yeah. like, I feel like they really think it's going to be, like, Overnight. a world of a difference from right. one facial. And I'm like, I'm sorry to break it to you, but this is not that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's a I, journey. I, yeah, I always go, how many years have you been breaking out like that? Okay, for every year you've been breaking out like that, you got to give me six months. Mm -hmm. So if you've been dealing with this for 10 years, like, I'm going to need a couple years, to, honestly, right. to, to get you to where you're to the maintenance phase right. um, of this. And a lot of that is because of that quick fix, right? We can do things to get that response very quickly, but then... It's going to cycle back around. So it's it's better to give that six months of time per year right. to get a not necessarily it going away forever, but no, getting it under control. Yeah. That's the goal, right? So I, I always do everything to working out. You know, I, mm -hmm. that's, that's just my big comparison. Like, you don't get to go to the gym one day and be super hot like Naomi Campbell. You don't get to have one treatment and be, like, super, super um, – corrected right. and fixed. Um, but I think the other thing that people need to remember about this kind of stuff, like, oh, can you pair this with this, is ingredients change. Mm -hmm. So, again, I'm older. When vitamin C came out, there was one kind of vitamin L -ascorbic C. L-ascorbic acid. That was it. <laughs> and if if it wasn't that, people would be like, don't use it. That's the only kind that works. Yep. Mm -hmm. It has to be in this concentration. and This percentage. This percentage. And you have to... Add it, this, you better put zinc with it, otherwise it's not going to be stable. Mm -hmm. And that was, I don't know, 20 years ago mm -hmm. with that brand. And 20 years later, we go, oh, there are different forms of vitamin C. There's and a lot of different Water-soluble and acidic and oil-soluble. And these are how you keep them stable, and they react to the skin differently. So, yeah, maybe 20 years ago, mixing that vitamin C with retinol 
did not work well on the skin, but now with different forms of retinol, encapsulated retinol, mm -hmm. that all that like all ingredients will um you know, they, they change and they evolve. Right. And so these steadfast, hard rules that we established 10 or 15 years ago, they have to evolve, too. And I think that's the thing that's, that's not the evolving. The, yeah. the information of how things are changing is not getting out there as fast as, as it's like, coming. this was the rule. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's everything because you're exactly right. I can remember even when I got started, you know, L-ascorbic acid was very popular. It it is probably the most popular version mm -hmm. in skincare, but the characteristics of it aren't always friendly to everyone. Right. But now we know that we can formulate with multiple t forms at one time. or yes. So it's really about being, you have to change with the times too. Like we, we can't, you can't just stick with the L-ascorbic acid for the rest of your life. We have to be willing to grow a little bit here. All right. So these two questions kind of go together. So it's... Um, do with peels is it the more aggressive is better and then also with products if it's burning does that mean it's working <laughs> does I mean, it have to burn it's not a workout girlfriend <laughs> i do like the burn though <laughs> I know, feel the burn it's, it's not it's not it's not buns of steel it's not the oh same my gosh <laughs> do you two know what buns of steel is <laughs> i did age myself with buns of you steel. did right, you okay. did but i know what it is okay good <laughs> I feel like I know the saying, but uh, yeah. I, I don't think I know like the corporate <laughs> where it came from. So, it's an yeah. actual Buns of Steel is an actual workout video. It oh, was okay. a whole, it was yeah. a whole series. Oh. It was on VHS. It was before your time. Yeah. It might have been. I remember Taboo. Taboo. Oh yeah. 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 It was it was it was pre Taibo. Oh okay. It was pre Taibo. I did Taibo in school. So I that's I'm dating myself now. I might have done it with my kids. So I'm dating myself more. But my mom did Buns of Steel. Yes. Okay. Me and your mom. Like the You're younger than my mom. Workout. Listen, yes. Okay. Yeah, so does it have to hurt? Is that a good indication that a product is working if you feel it tingling or burning on your skin? What do you guys think? I dep it depends on what the ingredient is. Right. Um, if it's salicylic acid, I feel like more often than less, they're going to feel some type of tingling. Right. Um, but overall, no, you do not have to feel a burning sensation or a tingling <laughs> sensation for a product to to know that it's working and it's doing its job. Right. right. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. Like we were talking about before, things are formulated so much differently now. Mm -hmm. Yes. I've yes. been on retinols as I was, again, like 12. Right. The retinols that I have access to now are nothing like the right. retinols I got. Thank goodness. In the doctor's office. Right. Yeah. Or you would look like chopped meat. Your right. Whole skin You'd be peeling red all the time. And peely. Yeah. I feel like I have some discoloration around my mouth right. permanently. Right. And maybe I, I like really hyper focus on it. Yes. To the point where I'm I'm calling it melasma at this point. Yes. Oh, okay. But <laughs> you've I, you've named it something yeah, that is but not. But I know okay. I know and I remember it from when we were, I was a kid and I placed the retinol in the fold. Oh, right. Oh yeah. And it burned you. And it burned me mm -hmm. so deeply that I still have it still to this day. Right. But like I was scared of retinol for a long time. A lot yes. of people are. Yeah. Because, because of that. Because of that experience. Because, because it was much experience. different back then. Yeah. So prescription only. You had to get it from your doctor. 
even a different pea, a pea size yeah. dry skin dot 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 which don't did not get, absorb don't get right by your so clothes. you're you're putting more on because yeah. let's be real a pea size on dry skin does not work and mm-hmm. i didn't wear sunscreen yeah so of course like, not yeah, right like yeah also i think that there is a difference between feeling activity and burning absolutely and so you all probably say the same thing when i'm speaking to a client when they're having a chemical peel etc I ask them about the activity level. I don't say burning, you know, or anything that's going to scare them, right? And they may say burning, and then you kind of ask them, okay, but is it hurting you, or are you feeling activity? Oh, no, it's just activity. Okay. So that's where... I like that Chelsea said it was spicy. Spicy is my favorite. I'm going to start saying Mm -hmm. spicy. I love spicy. Yeah. I like spicy food. I like spicy people. Yeah. Now I'm going to say spicy in the treatment room. Yeah. I love it. I like how spicy, like jalapeno or (laughs) ghost pepper. There's a big difference there, too. Right. Like, like how spicy are we? Well, I like to ask them a scale of one to five. Like, what's your sensitivity level? Mm -hmm. And I, like, joke around with them. When if they're comfortable with me, right, and I say, "Are you okay?" Or are you at like a level five where you're like, "Girl, get this off of me," right? You know, right. And and I never say burning because they're gonna associate that tingling with burning, right? Right. Which is what we don't want. Yeah, which is what we don't. And always looking at the skin and seeing. Okay. Yeah, what the skin is saying. If yeah. the skin is saying the same thing as the patient, because sometimes right. the patient's like, I don't feel anything. And the and skin's like, like, no, girl. Yeah, you're feeling a lot. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> because that's the patient who thinks if it hurts more. Yep. Right. So they're not going to tell you, but their skin will tell on them. So totally. have and to look at it. With neutralizing, too. Mm-hmm. When you have a, neutral, like a, a neutralizing peel, the meaning that the esthetician needs to neutralize it, and they're saying, I'm not feeling any activity. And you and, can but see you, it. And then they end up having a complication because they were, they just thought it was normal or didn't know how to tell you. So a lot of times I'll trick them and say, tell me where you're feeling activity on the skin. And then they're nine times out of 10 are going to be like, oh, around my nose. And then I know that they're still feeling activity. Absolutely. You got to trick them. You got to use that one. That's funny. But it's all for your benefit. You know, just trying to help you. But I think there's the other side of the coin too. I think there's the people who think, oh my gosh, if I feel anything happen on my skin, I'm allergic to it. Right. Oh, I felt like I'm so sensitive. I'm so so sensitive. sensitive. Oh, I'm allergic to it. Oh, I'm allergic because they're so used to using things that have nothing Mm -hmm. in them and that just basically feel like water on the skin. So it again, always going back to that balance and making sure that people like some level it's like, you know, I don't necessarily want to feel the buns are still burn, but I also don't want to feel like I was just sitting on the bench not doing anything, right? <laughs> like, so there has to be a right. little bit of so a So balance, balance is key. And seeing a licensed esthetician, right? Yeah. Don't diagnose yourself. Maybe, unless it's Leah, don't go on <laughs> YouTube or TikTok, right? Make sure that they, whoever's giving you this information is accredited because it really does make a difference. Right. Definitely. So one last treatment question before we get into the final question. So this one is about a specific treatment, which is dermaplaning. So I don't know if you guys offer dermaplaning, but for listeners, um, derma, it's so funny because dermaplaning is becoming hot again. And right. I remember it's old school. It's old school. Yeah. It is old. Like when I used to. Old school for us. (laughs) Yeah. When I used to work at the plastic surgeon's office literally 23 years ago, 
because plastic surgeons didn't work with chemicals, they like a scalpel. Mm-hmm. So there was a glycolic acid company that wanted to sell glycolic acid to plastic surgeons, and plastic surgeons were like, we don't do that. And they were like, oh, they like scalpels. So they taught us how to dermaplane, yeah. and then you would apply a peel. And it mm-hmm. was huge. Like, this was 23 years yeah. ago. And now it's, like, the hottest new thing. And I'm like, I'm, I feel like, you know, when I was in high school and I was like, pull bell bottoms back out. My mama was like, oh, bell bottoms, baby, I did that. So, yeah. <laughs> like, with dermaplaning. Those are also popular. Yes, yeah. yes, those are also popular. So, with dermaplaning, I'm like, oh, baby, I did that, right? <laughs> but there is a question about, because it does not only remove dead skin cells, but also the vellus hairs or right. the little fine hairs. So, is that going to make your hair thicker? So if I do this, am I going to get, like, a beard? Is it, like, shaving? Am I look like a man? So what are your thoughts about dermaplaning, guys? No. <laughs> no. no. Very simple. No. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, it's definitely. It will grow back because hair grows back, right? Unless okay. you're getting it laser yeah. removed, right? it's going to grow back. Right. Um, but no, biggest myth ever. It I hear is that, the biggest oh, myth. I hear that a couple times per week. I think sometimes people can feel like it feels a little bit thicker because mm-hmm. it has that blunt end on it mm-hmm. now because I've cut it. Right. So it doesn't have, like, the fine tip on it anymore. So that can give you the impression that it's a little thicker. But Vela's hair grows like Vela's hair. You're going to get the same hair back that I shaved off. And if you thought it was thicker, just go get another dermaplane, girl. Oh, <laughs> dermaplane is my absolute favorite treatment to do. I, think I so love it. It's so easy, but it makes such a difference, especially for somebody that's never done a treatment at all. Mm-hmm. And... Not necessarily – a lot of people will come in because of that vellus hair, but that's not the, the main focus. The main focus is that exfoliation and in prepping the skin for whatever treatment you're going to do after. But it is – if you are getting married or have a photo shoot or anything where you want to look just – Baby smooth. Just like J-Lo glowy, like amazing, get a dermaplaning facial. They are amazing. Mm-hmm. So you both offer dermaplaning? Yes. Yeah. You, well, you I love it. Right? I do. Yeah. yeah. I'm like – at first, I was a little afraid. Yes. And now I do actually oil planing. Yes. Okay, nice. Um, and then I build up the exfoliation. Okay. Especially if it's a new client that I'm with, um, whether it be like an enzyme. Um, I love dermaplaning enzyme together. Yeah. It's oh, my me favorite too. thing. And I just explain, like, there's two different hairs on the face. Yes. Mm-hmm. On the body. There's the vellus hair, and then there's the terminal oh, hair. That's an actual, that full black hair that does grow back mm-hmm. and has blood supply so the vellus hair doesn't have any blood supply no so your vellus hair for the listeners if you're not sure is like that peach fuzz yeah, yeah that that, a lot of times it's yeah. really light colored you don't really see it but you know it's there if the sun hits your face a certain way you can see it <laughs> you can definitely see it in your yeah. side view mirror uh-huh <laughs> and then that thicker hair where Unfortunately, even as women, we sometimes get those under the chin or on the mustache area, um, even your eyebrows. That's yeah. what she's talking about, about that thicker hair that has the blood flow. Um, yeah. So, yeah. All right. So. Well, I have a – this was my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> and this is going to be our closeout. All right. That's why I left it for <sighs> Ashley. She, she knew. This I was question. like, oh, I'm asking this for sure. <laughs> is vaping better on the skin than smoking? Ooh. Is this somebody from you? Your- <laughs> no, I've never even heard this type of question before. Okay. I'm definitely going to say no, they're both bad for right. the skin. Because there's so many different um, things to smoke right. through the vape. Right. Um, 
So I'm just going to say no. Agree. They're both bad. Yeah. And they say, like, that vape is not, it's not a cigarette, but it's not. Yeah, or it like still a, has nicotine. It still has nicotine. Most of them. And it's not nothing. There's still chemicals. Like, you don't even know what's in all the little oils and things that the they liquid put in is there. typically, like, glycerin and, like, vegetable oils yeah. and stuff like that. But still, how do we know at that heated temperature that what the happens. long-term effects, right? right? And then what is that? They are not doing studies on what your skin looks like when you're smoking or vaping. Right. We know, as estheticians, when you're smoking and you're um, – you're worried about your skin, it's basically constricting the right. the flow, your yeah. circulation, the oxygen, et cetera. So your skin's going to look like Dull. you've been smoking, Dull. right? And it's going to look stressed. And so vaping, maybe it's a little less, but it's still the same type of thing. But I just thought this was so interesting because vaping, you know, is popular now, but it's funny to me that people would think that that's not the same thing. I, well, I think also vaping, like they had good marketing, right? Oh, yeah. Like it's better so for you. It's better for you. Yeah. So they're like, well, if it's better for me internally, you know, obviously I'm not getting that same kind of smoke. And so maybe it's better for my skin. So right. I think the vaping people definitely have amazing marketers. Right. Um, but I don't think either one is going to give you a beautiful glow. So I don't maybe either. stay away from both. It's still oxidation. It's exactly. still oxidation. Exactly. It's still making environmental stressors. All the things that we are trying to put these ingredients on our skin to counteract. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I had so much fun today. Yeah. I am these so so thankful that you two joined us. And I would love for you to let our listeners know how they can reach you, how they can watch your YouTubes and your content, etc. So why don't we start with you, Leah? You want to tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you? Of course. So Instagram, everyone has Instagram. So yes. my Instagram handle is glam by Leah Lee in I spell exactly how it sounds, and my name is L-I-A-L-E-I-G-H, and my YouTube channel is just Leah Lee. Okay. We are going to be looking for you, Leah. I can't wait to watch your videos. Yeah. And Chelsea, how can the listeners reach you? Hi. I'm mainly on Instagram as well. Okay. Um, You can reach me at Chelsea Vasquez, Vasquez spelled V-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z underscore. Um, and you can check me out on my website. I really just have an Instagram and a website. Okay, that's, that's okay. Perfect. That's good. <laughs> but you can check my website out at ChelseaSkinTherapy.com. Okay. And, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again, both of you, for joining us today. And thank you, listeners. I'm so happy that you were on this journey with us today. We talked about it all. So Everything. I want you to come in or tune in next month for our topic on injectables. I'm beyond excited. You know how I feel about this. I And I, from the needle phobic over here, I'm not as excited. We are going to talk are. Jacqueline into getting Botox one day. She doesn't really need it, but I don't want her to be scared because injectables are amazing. It's preventative. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I agree. It is. But that's for another time. That's for another <laughs> Next month. I Next month. Okay. And make sure you follow us on social media at Image Skincare. Have an amazing day, and we'll see you next month. Bye. Thank you for listening to Skinfluenced. If you are skincare obsessed just like us, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast. We also love hearing from our skincare fans, so send us your questions and comments to skinfluenced at imageskincare.com.